What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Unscripted, the show that brings you professionals from all walks of life, touching on their backstory, their mindset, and how they navigate through adversity and opposition, while providing you practical tips that might help you on your path. I'm your host, two-time Olympian, Olympic bronze medalist, author, and motivational speaker, Akeem Haynes. Now, let's get into the episode. This week on episode 123 of Unscripted, I'm joined by mind fitness coach, Jeff Volpis. Jeff's approach to life is very optimistic, authentic, and strategically well thought out. He's been helping people get their minds on the right tracks and off of the mental obstacles that might be getting in their way of achieving their goals, dreams, and aspirations. However, Jeff's story of how he got to where he is today is not only inspiring, it's heartfelt and intentional. With faith, hope, and a will to learn and grow, he was able to shift his mindset towards something more significant, even though his circumstances didn't always represent the great visions that he had for his life. This episode, we get into growing up around substance abuse, how he didn't let his circumstances make him become bitter stages of homelessness and how we survived off of less than $8 a day, how we started to become intentional with his time and knowledge, and how his faith helped him through his toughest days, why mentorship is important, and how it helped build his business. And he leaves us with a word of encouragement that is powerful and extremely needed at this stage. If this season of your life has been a challenging one, then I encourage you to check out this episode. It's a reminder that every season is not meant to stay. In due time, it will pass. This is an episode that I truly believe that you will enjoy. But before you go, if you've been following the show, listening to the show, watching the show, then if you could do us a huge favor and leave a rating and review of the show, this small act truly goes a long way in moving the podcast forward and will be greatly, greatly appreciated. So with all that being said, enjoy this week's episode with Jeff Volpis. Man, looking forward to our conversation today, Jeff. Uh, but before we get into that, man, you know I'm big on gratitude. You know I'm big on being grateful for what you have in life. Starting your day in the right atmosphere, the right spirits always starts with gratitude, man. Give me three things you're grateful for today, man. People in my life, my relationship with God, and the opportunity to serve other people. Wow. Jeff, I've been thinking about how I want to start this conversation today, man, because we got to talk a little bit um, last week, a couple weeks ago, and hearing how you speak about your story, man, is, is very touching. I tell people all the time, man, if you are going to tell your story, don't let anybody else do it. You have to be the one to do it. Um, but I want to go back a little bit, Jeff, because there's a mindset that you have about you where you are optimistic about what's ahead. You believe in what's ahead. You understand certain things in life that if you put the work in and things of that nature, you will get to a certain result. There's that mindset that's there, but we don't just get there, right? There's a lot of pieces in between, right? Jeff, walk me through some of those early stages of your life and what were some of the things that was around you at the time in your life? Uh, just tons of things, man. As far as like stuff that I went through in my journey or what exactly you want me to walk you through? A mix of everything, man, because you know, it, it, 
my time growing up in the 90s, the dynamics and the culture was a little bit different, right? Um, going back to the 80s, right? What was those times like, right? What were you seeing? What was around you? Because I think I think uh, what we don't understand a lot of times too is subconsciously our culture dynamics kind of shape how we perceive life at an early age. A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. And so I was born a little bit earlier. I was born in 83. So coming out of 83 and the crack epidemic and everything that was going on where <clears throat> there was so many broken families, there were so many kids without parents uh, being raised by their grandparents, being raised by family members. It was like the whole world was changing with everything that we were going through and coming out of that and into the 90s. Everything was just so different where you would see the lowest of the low with the poverty and the people with problems and people homeless on the street and people just fighting to make it not even to find their best life, but fighting to make it to the next minute. Yeah. So it was so different as far as you had to look around and like you had to be so strong to get through that stuff. But in that there were so many gems that you could pick up on. What were some of those things you were picking up, Jeff? Because I'm a firm believer that, man, lessons can be learned in every single angle if you know exactly what to look for and what you can grasp from it. But growing up during those times, man, the crack epidemic, it's a lot of negativity around you. There's really no no, no hope during certain times in certain environments, right? But what were some of those lessons that you were trying to understand or comprehend? Well, I mean, even, you know, as far as I had family members that struggled during that era with things that, you know, the, the drugs, the alcoholism, this and that. So <clears throat> me going through that at that age, some of the gems I picked up on was number one, maturity, mm. because it forces you at ages six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 to be the man of the house. It forces you to take care of yourself. It forces you, God forbid, to maybe take care of a parent that is an abusive relationship or is that they are struggling with substance abuse. Um, it shows you how to, it shows you discipline. It shows you structure because you have to be so disciplined to get yourself in order to say, okay, I'm ready for school. I ate, I did this. And then you have to turn around and help other people at such an early age. So the biggest, one of the biggest gems is it helps is it helps build that maturity and helps prepare you for circumstances that can change. It helps you pivot. I mean, millions and millions of things that it can help you with coming out of that. When I got to Canada, Jeff, um, I got exposed to a whole bunch of different things, culturally, obviously. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> when you're in one place, you don't really think of any other place, right? I, as naive as it sounds, as a six, seven-year-old kid, I didn't even know that there was any other place other than Jamaica, right? right but right. when I got to Canada, I started to see other things. I started to, you know, um, understand sports a little bit differently. I started to see that you could get to certain areas and start to really see sports and education and just things a little bit differently. But then I started to have these, these, these dreams, Jeff. And my dreams... I'm a dreamer, always been a dreamer. I have big dreams. I have small dreams. I have medium dreams, like all over the place, right? But I'm a big dreamer. I don't believe that you should just have one dream. There should be many. But during that time, Jeff, you're seeing some of your family members struggling <laughs> with drug abuse. How were you not going down that same path? And what were some of the earliest dreams that you had as a young adolescent? Well, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> by the grace of God, I didn't go down that path, but also, um, and also by the grace of God, it gave me the maturity to see, hey, I'm a kid, 
but I'm starting to understand adult decisions at a very young age, meaning if I do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to get one, two, three as a result of that. So it showed me this just processing of my mindset. And that's where really the foundation for my business and everything, I guess you could say started because I started learning that you have to have, and this is crazy that I learned this, this age, you have to have your emotions in check. You have to, you have to know that you're upset, but you can't go to a bar. You're upset, but you can't go to the streets and get a fix. You're upset. You can't punch your spouse. You're upset and you can't break something. You're upset and you can't not go to work. There's all these things that I learned, not watching from movies, but watching right in front of my face, whether that was people in my family, whether that was friends, because a lot of times coming out of the 80s, you were grouped into neighborhoods based on your finances. So mm -hmm. it's not it's not a this or that thing. It's a, hey, you all make this amount of income or lower. You're all grouped together with the same problems and the whole block's going through it. So you're not, see it's not like it's, oh my gosh, it's, you know, Timmy down the street has such a better life. It's everybody's got that problem. So it was so much just training and going and learning and being able to see that at such a young age helped me realize how much decisions and everything, you know, affect your future. And I got like a 30 year jump on people. So that was a great thing that I learned. And some of the dreams I had to go back to your question too, was I want to be a baseball player and a football player. I wanted to be like Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, <laughs> all those, man, you know, the, the two sport players. And honestly, when, again, what I just talked about, when you deal with all that around your neighborhood and your family, it's like, when there's flare-ups in the home, it's like you don't really care about sports because you care what's going on at the house, you know, what's going on with, you know, maybe my mom or my dad or this or that, and your head's not really in the game. And therefore, your your dream kind of suffers because of it, because you're like, well, I want to go do this, and I want to be a baseball player, and I want to do this, but that takes being at practice. And if you're protecting people at the home, you're away from them. So your mind's kind of like, hey, are they safe? Hey, are they safe? And you're over here screwing up in the field when you're dealing with so much as a young kid, you know, with whatever circumstances you're in, that your, your, your focus goes over here. So I had dreams to be a baseball player, a football player, but it just didn't work out. When you think about that, Jeff, does, does, and, and this is something that, that, that I think a lot of people go through who kind of grew up the way how we grew up. Right. Those tough environments, those neighborhoods where not even the neighborhoods, but the circumstances where you get dealt some cards that really is not supposed to be dealt to a young kid. Right. 100%. But, and, and, and that can have you feeling away inside of your heart and you carry this heaviness with you. Jeff, how did you not let your experiences during that time make you bitter? Because I've said this before, no matter where you are, there you go. And there's a lot of people who are, we're all trying to deal with certain things we've dealt with in the past, you know, family stuff, traumatic stuff, but you don't seem to have let that stop you from smiling, from being joyful, from still giving thanks to God. How? Basically, it's like at the gym. It's like, you know, you can either let the weight build you and make you stronger or you can let it crush you. Now, for that instance, <clears throat> when you ask, how am I not bitter? I always thank God had a sense of humor. I had faith, you know, at a young age to say, I'm going through this. This is not going to change. The substance abuse is running wild. The neighborhood, everybody's dealing with it. The outside circumstances are not going to change. 
Now, what I did as a kid was I learned, okay, there were pockets of happiness. What makes me happy? What makes me, you know, where can I go and read more? Where can I go and play on the playground? Where can I make friends? And I took that and I found these little pockets that would make me happy. Now, fast forward to adulthood. <clears throat> what I learned as a child I brought into adulthood is dealing with this from six, seven, eight, nine and up, you start to see a pattern like, okay, every time mom and dad fight, it ends up in a fist fight or in it, it ends up in drinking or it ends up in this. So I learned the situations are going to come at me, but I got to make different decisions because if not, I'm going to be an addict. If not, I'm going to be an alcoholic. And the reason I'm not bitter now and I thank God so much is because it was watching like a videotape and I'm not knocking anybody with you know stuff that they went through because we all have problems. Absolutely. But it was a videotape just like back in the day when we got hired at Wendy's or Walmart okay. or stores. This is Frankie. Frankie's doing the correct thing and helping the customer. And this is Joey. And Joey's knocking over boxes and taking 30 minutes on 15 minute breaks. So it was if I do this, I'm going to get this and a lot of good things. If I do this. I'm going to repeat the cycle. And so many people bring those situations because people may hear this and they may say, dang, I went through that too. But the difference is you don't have to go through that no more mentally. You don't have to carry that baggage with you because when you come out of those homes, you come out with low confidence, not only from the poverty, but dealing with so much inside those four walls of your home, it never ends because when you go out, you feel like people are looking at you like, Hey, they know what goes on at, down at the blue house. You know what I'm saying? So you have this complex, which if you don't deal with it, you step to your job with the blue house complex. You step to your spouse with the blue house complex and everything you do, you just bring that from childhood into adulthood. So I'm so grateful that I was able to see, Hey, nobody's perfect. These people have made mistakes, but there's a lot for me to learn here and not repeat the cycle. You know, Jeff, so much of what you do now in your business is helping people, right? Mind Fitness Coach, uh, which I love the name, um, and 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 helping people try and become the best that they can be as you're going through what you're going through. But you know, they may say, Jeff, like I hear you, man. Like, uh, yeah, you go just keep pushing, be positive, and say, like I get it. But that wasn't always your story, right? You fell and you fell hard. I'm very practical on every platform that I am, especially on the podcast, because I believe practicality is what makes it relatable. And I like steps. I want to know how a person gets up when they fall. What does that look like? And so, Jeff, we have to go back to a little bit as you were starting this personal development journey, because you and I have something in common. It's not a it's not a good thing in common. But, but is it sweaters? Yeah, but it's but it shaped us and. You know, for those listening, if you've been listening to the podcast for the past couple of years or know my story, there's a, there was a stage in my life when I was homeless, right? And so were you. Walk me through that time in your life, Jeff, because being a mind fitness coach now and being able to share your experiences with people in order to help them didn't just start at the top of the mountain. You first had to walk up the mountain, but you first had to get up off the floor. So Jeff, give me some of those early um, times when you were literally getting up off the floor and, and, and how did you get on the floor to begin with? Oh, hundred percent, man. Um, so I was homeless twice in my life, once at 25 and once in my early thirties. And the thing with my early thirties was I said, all right, look, I'm repeating the cycle. I'm doing the same things over and over again. I'm not hitting any 
past this financially. I want to start my own business. I'm not finding a way to be able to put my ducks in a row to be able to jump. So I said, <clears throat> this is how much money I have, which was very, very little. I tried to get help from certain people. It didn't work out. I made a decision that day and I was like, Tony Robbins said this, burn the bridges, take the island. I said, I'm doing it. I'm going to build my business, whatever it's going to take. I jumped and I landed flat on my face and I ended up living in my car for about two years. Now, that is one of the most frustrating things in the world because when you live in your car, people look at you like, it's almost like they don't know it, but they speculate and you're not out looking for change but you don't get to clear your head by going home and going to a bed every night. You are trying to find places to go. You're trying to find places to shower. You're trying to find places to start your day. You're trying to find places to get these mental pockets of dang, I just want some peace. So, you know, living in my car, there was a lot I pulled out of that. Number one, you start every single day at zero, every single day. So when people say like, I can't get up because my head hurts or I had a breakup or I had this, my life is so bad. Your life is not that bad because you may be starting with a bed. You may be starting with a roof. You may be starting with a hot meal. When you live in your car, everything's a challenge. If you got to pee, you got to find a bathroom. Literally stop and think about that. Every single thing is a challenge. So in doing that every single day, I'm facing challenges. So what did I do with those challenges? I said, I am struggling right now financially. Okay, it is what it is. So I stopped and said, what do I have control over? I have control over my day. If I live in my car, a day's 24 hours. If I can structure it, I can take some of that back. If I sleep for six hours, which is hard to do in a car, I sleep for six hours, I now eliminated 18 hours from that day. So I'm not homeless for a full 24 hours. I'm homeless for six Mm -hmm. hours while I'm sleeping. So the number one thing I did was say, what can I control? Now, once I've done that, I controlled my mindset. Okay, how am I going to build my business? I'm going to use social media. I'm going to network. I'm going to improve myself. I mean, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I mean, there's so much that I could throw out here from um, from that experience. When you talk about a day-to-day standpoint, Jeff, you sleep for six hours, but man, what do those other days look like? Like, where were you going? Where were you going to shower? Where were you going to brush your teeth? How were you meeting people? Like, what did those practical steps look like? Because there's a lot of people who want to take the entrepreneurial route, right? And to be quite honest, it ain't glitz and glamours. Like it's, there's, a, there's a lot of there's a <laughs> lot more failed stories than there are ones who are actually able to do what they set out to do. But from a practical standpoint, Jeff, what the heck were you doing to better yourself in those tough times when your resources were limited? Yeah, so 100%, it's a great question. So what I did was I demanded that I wake up at five o'clock. Because I said, I do not have a bed. There's no reason for me to sleep past five o'clock. So what I did was kind of moved in silence. I would wake up every morning at five o'clock. That was control. That was positivity. I then would get up. I would read my Bible. I would meditate as much as you could living in a car in a rest area. I would go in. I would shower. The number one, I mean, like shower, like my face and everything, wash my face. I would tell myself before I left that rest area, this is the day that I will no longer be in the car. This is the day I had to start the day with some kind of positivity, some kind of goal. This is the day I'm going to get out of my car. Then what I would do is I would go to a planet fitness. I would sh- I would work out, get my you know personal development and doing something for me. I would work out. I would go in there and shave and I would shower. Now, I didn't even have enough money to wash my clothes, so I didn't have enough money for a towel. So I literally would use the paper towels at Planet Fitness, hurry up and hit the thing down, fold them up, put them in my pocket so nobody saw me and dry off like I fell in the pool with paper towels. 
and I would go start my day. I would go to the library. I would go on social media. I would start networking with people. I would ask them, you know, just like questions about networking. I would, you know, find ways to build my business. I would work on my personal development. I would study. And like how people may say, hey, Jeff, uh, you went and studied. I don't have money to go study. I don't have this. Listen, I had $7 a day to eat. That may sound like a lot, but it's not when you have to buy everything. So seven times seven is 49. So what I did, as as I said, this $7 a day stuff is not going to get me any kind of major steaks or hamburgers or anything like that. So what I did was put my money together and buy peanut butter and bread. And I flipped the rest and went to thrift stores and got all these personal development books because I said, I don't know how to get out of this car. But there's people that have started from ground zero. I'm going to learn something from them. I have to get around wealth. I have to get around success. And the only way I could do that at the time was through books. So I would go and read and I would go and just improve my mind and I would go and put everything I had into the day. So that's basically a little bit of how my daily schedule was. Wow, Jeff. Now, what was that moment where you said, okay, wait a minute, I'm building up a little momentum here. When my videos started to get comments and it started to actually mean something to people and people, you know, started saying, hey, thank you. I got something from this because, yes, I was trying to build a business. But the biggest thing also I was trying to do was impact the world and help people from rock bottom because, you know, I came from the lowest of the low. Absolutely nothing. So what I was trying to show people, yeah, you may have a bad day. Yeah, you may have lost your job. Yeah, you may have went through a breakup. Yeah, you may have not hit your weight goal. But there's so much for you to be thankful for. There's so much laying around you that you can pick up and start building with. So when I started to get comments like, Jeff, this made sense to me. Jeff, this helped me with my goal. Jeff, this helped me you know, with my day. It helped me so much. Then I started to say, okay, God told me to go do this, have faith of a mustard seed. And now I'm starting to see some of the fruits of my labor. Mentorship and network, Jeff, are two of the things that you kind of just touched on, right? You didn't know how to get out of your situation and you needed to get around it. And I think uh, the books was one of the most beautiful things that you just said. How you articulated that picture makes so much sense. Um, But how did you get around to meeting people who could help you become better, right? Because in order to start a business, you got to have a very, yeah have to have some profit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you gotta have some profit. And I think that's a tough thing to do. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, when you look at personal development, it's an investment, right? You got to invest in you. And I think everybody should pay for it. I mean, you'll take it a lot more seriously, right? I know one of your mentors is Tim Grover. How did that all start, right? Because now you're reading the books, right? You're starting to get some more feedback on your posts and you're developing your skills, Right. I think that's another thing that we can't keep in mind is the platforms that we use every single time. Ask yourself, are you using the platform or are you just consuming? Right. But it's a platform to use your skills, to develop your message and to reach your audience. But it's practicing the craft. So how are you getting around people, Jeff, to make you better? Where were you going? Were they you know, it's not it's not uh, 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 it's not where. Back then, you know, usually it's a flyer, right? You go to the mall, you see flyers here, you go to the corner yeah. store, but now you can look online. So for someone who is trying to figure out, well, where do I go to go meet these people? How are you finding those people? That's a great question. It's something I'd like to touch on uh, <clears throat> about what you said. Personal development is an investment. That's an amazing statement that you made. And the thing that frustrates me with personal development is so many people try to get in it for the money. 
and they don't listen to the first part of the job personal yes, you sir. have to personally be developed you have to put something in you have to before you get something out you have to put something in you can't be undeveloped as a person and expect to pour on all these people so the biggest thing was is how i went and i met people was is like you said back in the day it was a flyer and this and you know <laughs> that but if you go back a little bit further it was Knocking knock on the on door, doors, yeah. knowing all people this and that. Or if you see uh, Wall Street, it was waiting in the office, you yeah. know, trying to hound the secretary to get an appointment with the person you're trying to see. <clears throat> and I stopped and looked and I said, what do I have? I'm paying one hundred and twenty dollars a month for this phone. When you're living in a car, that's a lot of money that I'm not eating for. So I said, what can I do this hundred and twenty dollar investment of the phone? And I said, OK, I have Instagram. OK, these people have DM boxes. So a lot of people think, oh, hey, just hop on there and ask them for money, this and that. It was not their fault I was in a car. It was my choice. It was my situation. It was my decision. It was a golden dream that I had. So these people don't owe me nothing. So a lot of people see the DM box and they just hop in like, oh, I can improve your business. I can help and this and that. I said, before I even ask somebody for something, let me support them. Let me thank them for what they're putting out. So I met Tim. And the crazy thing is before I even went in the car, I forgot to add this little gem in. I had $40 left to my name about a month before I went in the car because um, I got electrocuted on a crazy – the last time I decided not to – I got electric. It was the craziest story in the world. So I had $40 left to my name, not cash on a credit card. Tim Grover had a class called Stop the BS. I kid you not, it was $38. I still have the receipt. And I was looking, and I was staring there, and I said – and it was that moment like in the movie, and I said, okay – I was, I don't know, I think 34 at the time. I said, obviously what I'm doing is not working. I have $40 left in my name and I'll probably be back here again if I don't do something about it. Let me push the chips in on myself. I've researched Tim Grover. I like what he's saying. So I invested that 38 out of $40, leaving me with $2 left in my name to that class. Now that was so valuable to me in the car because it helped me with that mindset. It helped when Tim would say, you got to figure it out. He had this quote that said, crave the result so intensely that the work becomes irrelevant. And I would say that to myself every day, crave the result, crave the result, crave the result. And my result that I wanted was building my business, helping people make an impact. So it helped me push past so many of those mentally. So how I got to Tim was, he was, first off, he's one of the most gracious people I've ever met in my life. I mean, that guy is another level of true what he speaks. Uh, those who really are, you know, famous and really are top athletes and really have that mega mindset. He knows, but he doesn't post everything on social media about it. So I just networked with him. I built that relationship the first time. And a lot of people need to hear this. The first time that I was face to face on a Zoom call with Tim Grover was 975 days later. So I didn't, you know, the dinner didn't happen overnight. So many people think oh, I'll just hit their DM box and bet everything on that. And then I'll be with them and chilling on their jet and everything. It don't work like that. Just like any, just like dating, just like family, just like friends. I had to build that relationship. So it went to that and everything. And then, um, sorry, I didn't mean to drag that out. But then oh, it went good. to, you know, and then it went to me building the relationship. I was able to get in some groups. Uh, Tim was very gracious with me and helped me get in some groups. He started mentoring me. I got in some more groups. I got to do a, a Tim talk inside the group and tell a little bit of my story. And then I actually got to have dinner with him three days after that. And just the relationship has continued. I'm so gracious for him. That man is another level of a mentor. What's one of the things that he's taught you, Jeff? Never give up. Not only never give up, but while you're never giving up, 
focus on something, keep it moving, keep it moving with purpose, keep it moving with a plan. So many people just, oh, I'll never give up. I'll take 40 years to accomplish my dream. I'll never give up. Well, your window might be closed. So you have to never give up, but you have to be working with a purpose, plan and be adjustable. One of the things, Jeff, when I started speaking, man, you know, uh, it took me, I did not accept money for the first four and a half, five years, because I'm not someone who is going to take money if I don't think that I am worthy of the charge. I'm never going to give a fluff answer. I'm never going to give a fluff presentation. I'm not going to give something that I don't believe is less uh, than my best. And I didn't take it. But when I was trying to figure out the speaking aspect of it, Jeff, in life period, same thing in sports, right? Is you know you want to get to a certain destination. You may not know how, but you just continue to show up and you continue to show up and you know that, man, if I just get here, I'm going to be able to hopefully see something. You have no guarantee that something is going to line up or it's going to change. You're just operating with this belief inside of you internally and not a lot of people even understand and you don't know, but you continue to show up. A lot of days look the exact same, Jeff. You wake up, you do the same thing. You wake up, you do the same thing, and you're just hopeful for what's to come. But the mundane can stop you from being that dreamer, from being that. So when you were working, Jeff, when you're trying to put it together and still putting it together in many areas, how did you not get discouraged because you weren't seeing results right away? I knew that my story was going to help somebody. And I knew what God told me. I was very confident. And God told me, make a move. And I trusted him. And what you say about doing the mundane, this is how my night would end. We talk about how my day would begin, but this is how my night would end. I live in Florida. Florida's full of mosquitoes in the summertime. <laughs> when I lived at the rest area, you can't roll down your window because you'll die from mosquito bites. So I had to sleep in a car with my windows rolled up in 85, 90 degree, 95 degree nights. Well, you're sweating so bad that you're sliding off the seats. So the mental hell that I was going through just to sleep, and I mean covered in sweat and just watching all these people be happy and come and going on their trip and leave as a family and going in nice cars and eating snacks. So when I'm in there sweating to death with the windows, just dying, not eating, hungry, and I got to tell myself, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to do this. I kept telling myself, you talked about sports, it's like football. If you ever see some of them old like Steelers-Ravens games and it's like a 6-3 to three win and they can't even get 10 yards, that running back, if they'll keep hitting the hole and hitting the hole and hitting the hole, that linebacker is going to get to the hole late, that linebacker is going to be tired, and they're going to run that linebacker over and go and score a touchdown or get that first down that they need. I said, Denzel has this great quote. He says, if you keep showing up at the barbershop, you're going to get a cut. I said, if I keep showing up with purpose, not just show up like, oh, I'm here. I want to be a speaker and don't do nothing. I said, if I keep showing up, if I keep improving myself because I'm going to pass people. It's like if we, you race. It's like if 100 people are racing, okay, anybody can go to that first block. Okay, some are going to drop off after the second, third, fourth, you know what I'm saying, that eighth lap. You're going to start separating people. So I said, I'm going to separate myself from people. As I'm separating myself from people this way and just separating myself, I'm going to prepare myself to step in front of everybody with my mindset, with my work, with being so personally developed, with hell, everything I was pulling out of the situation. I looked at it as an advantage because I said, if other speakers are starting off being funded by mom and dad or their friends or people are, you know, buying them nice suits and sending them to all these wonderful classes and everything, they're not going to have that hunger of, 
before I even step to that camera, before I even step to that post, I have to bring my brain together from not melting from all the hell that I'm going through. So I said, I'll never, they'll never outwork me because they're not getting up at five o'clock in a car sweating to death, not eating. You know what I'm saying? They're not getting up putting their food money on the line for personal development. They're not as hungry as me. So I kept saying this mundane, this, this BS that I'm going through is serving a purpose, but I will use it and not let it use me. So that was the biggest way I kept going with the mundane because you and I talked about that. It's like training for sports. It's like coaching. The mundane, Jesus says it's the pebble in your shoe. That's what can wear you out. Last few questions, Jeff, man. One of my favorite scriptures, Galatians 6 verse 9, man. Do not be weary for doing good for at the proper time you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. And you know parts of the journey is not giving up, Jeff, but we're human. We make mistakes. We get it wrong. We get down. We get discouraged. We get disappointed. When you are in a moment of discouragement and a season of setbacks, Jeff, what has helped you get through it at at this stage in your life? What what when you feel down, man, on the days where you just don't feel like yourself, what helps you continue going forward with optimism? I would say the Bible verse, Matthew 21, 21, where Jesus says, if you have faith and you can say in this mountain, be picked up and thrown into the sea and it will be done. Uh, whatever you believe and say in prayer, it'll happen. So I stand on that. And I stand on the fact that God didn't bring me this far. God didn't bring me through everything in my childhood, all these years I had in the car to not make it. So what I said was, I have a choice to keep doing the work. I don't have a choice of when it's going to happen. So mm. I had to be mature. Wait a minute, Jim, my say that one again. Yeah. Say that one again. I said, I have a choice to do the work. I don't have a choice of when it's going to happen. Wow. So my biggest thing I said is, and, and, and I have, and so many people think, it's these chants you got to say to God. I talked to him like my best friend. I say, God, you know, I'm pissed off and frustrated, but I believe <laughs> in you and I'm trying to do the best I can. Yes. So I'm going to keep, I know you can do it all, God, but you're training me for a purpose. So I'm doing this to be ready because here's the biggest thing as Christians, as people might not understand about God, God gives you free will. Now, a lot of people say that and say, oh, I can go out and act a fool and still be forgiven and this and that. That's free will. But here's the free will. If you say, God, please help me build my business as an entrepreneur, please help me make an impact in the world. God can do that for you, but God gives you the free will. You're the one that decides if you want to go hit the books or you want to go to the club. You're the one that decides, do you want to work on yourself? You know, the biggest thing too it took was discipline because when I started making money, don't think after eating peanut butter sandwiches, everybody, that I didn't want to go run out and get a steak when I got my first 35, 40, $50, but I didn't. I had the discipline to say, this is going to put an extra tank of gas away in case I got to go to a seminar. This is going to save up money for me for my next set of books for the author that I'm networking with that so I can afford their book because of what they put out there so I can level up even more. There's a lot of hidden pockets and a lot of very strategic moves that you have to be disciplined with that people don't see on the journey with that as you're growing and as you're building. Jeff, man, you said a lot of great things today, man. Um, two last questions. Do you have any regrets in life to this date? 100% that I didn't jump before, because if I knew that I could have made it through this, I would have jumped in my 20s. I would have jumped as a teenager. I mean, it would I could have had so many more years of time to go after my dream and to make an impact in the world. So my biggest regret is not jumping before. I close out the show the same way, Jeff. They always hear from me on this show, but this season, I want to pass it over to my guests because I'm a firm believer, man, that 
every person wakes up with something on their heart, whether they share it or they don't, but there is a feeling, a message, a thought, an idea, something that is inside of you that either you write it out, you speak it out, or you let it pass out. I don't want people to pass out without letting the world hear a message that someone may need to hear. So what is a message, Jeff, that is on your heart today that you could share to help someone on their path? Maybe they want to jump out and be an entrepreneur. Maybe they're going through a tough time in some season of their life. What is a word of encouragement that you could provide with someone today? My word of encouragement would be, you're always going to be scared to jump. That fear is not going to leave you alone. That fear is a not Monday through Saturday and going to stop on Sunday thing. That fear is always going to be there. But with that fear always being there, so is your choice. Your choice is able to push past it. You have free will to push past fear. You can go and accomplish your dreams and accomplish your goals. You're never going to have enough money. You're never going to have enough connections. You're never going to have enough time. The thing that you have is choice and decisions, and you have to make them, and you have to go for your dreams. You may fall flat on your face, but at least you're getting up and you're moving and you're walking towards your dream. You can make adjustments along that, walking towards your dream, but if you sit there and you just think about what you could have been and what might have happened, it's going to haunt you. And when you get 99, 100, you're going to be sitting in that rocking chair and it's going to cripple you mentally for your last time on earth. So make sure, get yourself developed as much as you can, get as much capital as you can. I don't care if it's three or $4, get a plan together the best you can and jump and you will figure it out along the way because you can overcome fear. You can overcome setbacks. You can't overcome never making a move. Jeff, what's the best way for people to keep in touch with you, get to know you a little bit more, and even work with you, man? What's the best way to do so? Uh, my Instagram, at Jeff Volpis. You can find me on all platforms like that, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Jeff, always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for your time, man. I uh, really love what you're doing. I'm glad that you're sharing your story, man. You have a powerful one. And we could have spent another hour digging a little bit deeper in a lot of different things, but that's for another date, a later date. So again, Jeff, God bless. I appreciate you, man. And thanks again for your time. Thank you for having me on, man. And thank you for everything that you do and all the inspiration and ways that you've helped me, Akeem. Always love, Jeff. All right, man.